It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. My goodness, do we have a show for you tonight because we have set up the randomizer. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't. No, 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 (laughs) no, we didn't do that. Okay. So, so we've got this other topic. No, we didn't. We're not going to do that either. God. I could do this. We should start from the top. No, it's time no, to no, preview no. bowl no, games. Bowl game. We don't go backwards. We only go forwards. Okay. <laughs> it's time to preview the NFL draft. We watch enough SEC East football. We will move forward. God damn it. The the 2013 watch out season now, promises here to come be a... Infinity War spoilers. No, we already did that too. Um, no. I am I am we... honestly surprised neither one of you told me that like a pole mower was a big part of the of the plot. But I mean, some things are some things are too sacred to give starting away. Starting up an outboard engine. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that fantasy series. We're here to talk about Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Because because what we actually did for this one is we asked you, the readers, for college football questions you are too embarrassed to ask, and some of you are very very sincere, and some of you tweeted from I don't know a conversation you were having with one of the hosts prior to the show what now go ahead go ahead no this this was your idea to try and make me like star trek i didn't try to make you like star trek it won't work no you can't make people like how has has explaining to me why you like star trek is just as bad how i i don't understand you're friends with jane coaston and john boys and neither Mm -hmm. one of them has gotten you to like like star trek yet i can actually make it worse i've only seen the jj star treks i like star trek Okay. They get really mad when you say that. Okay. Almost as mad as when I say, okay, so Star Trek is like Star Wars, but with science instead of magic. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's like Star Wars without the sex. What if, Nobody likes what that. If, what if instead of guns and swords, everyone had a very nicely steamed suit? <laughs> you know what? Star Trek, to me, is like Mississippi State football. Mm-hmm. No, it's like Ole Miss football. It's not really the football that bothers me. It's the fans. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's not the football itself that's a turnoff. It's all the trappings and the hangers-on that come with it. The message, You're going to get hop-ons. The, the I was going to make it. It's a trap joke, but I'm above that, like the stars. Yeah, that's that's from Lord of the Rings anyway. That's the ah, wrong thank series. I also so, have a concussion, so this is going great. What is the... Like, I've never seen any Star Treks, which is, like, awkward for me because for the first, you know... 20 years of my life every time i said my name someone would say oh captain kirk and i'd say oh yeah oh god that would suck that, that's the only thing i know about it so like what is the case for star trek is that what we're doing here i already had to hear- i don't want to hear this again. <laughs> that's why we're doing it mm. i will say this it's, it's time for I holly rescind to go my in apology the zone. i rescind my apology for appearing on tonight's podcast you didn't mean it in the first place no i did not um, i don't actually think i know what sorry is like, I don't think I've ever experienced that feeling. We can't get into that on this show. I'm sorry. We, like, we'll do a very no. special episode, but not today. This robot learns to love, but <laughs> not how to forgive. Hey, there, there's a there robot is a on robot Star Trek called Star Trek Data. Who learns to love. No, there's not. Yeah, no, there's a robot. Listen, we can tell her things that she doesn't know, and yes. she'll, like, yes. Ho- think Holly, we're making these Holly, stupid things played, up. He's played by, you know, the, the <sighs> scientist in Independence Day with the long, scraggly hair who gets his neck wrapped around by the alien and it's release me yeah yeah he plays he was one of the lone gunmen he, he plays an android robot thing on star trek named data and he's most noted for this uh he has uh, a fully functional penis that's that's what that's that's, that's awesome a, i know that's <laughs> but here's here's the catch none of the other characters do hmm so does everyone fuck the robot or does no one fuck the robot it's like black mirror what if the robot was the only one who had sex jesus christ i on some level i admire somebody as big and slow as you finding the fastest and most expedient way to make this so much worse (laughs) what if what if the microphone was the only thing not listening Uh uh-huh I actually would like to point out that I am in position to kick Spencer real hard. Black Mirror, episode eight. What if the camera... Oh my God, I'm kicking him and what, he's not even the responding. Camera was, was, what if the camera was... What if every time Spencer did that okay? voice, he got kicked? I kicked him in... The, no, I kicked him right in the kneecap with shoes on and he didn't even blink. I am naming this mm-hmm. character Thicky Gervais and we're moving on. <laughs> More like sticky Gervais. See, the irony is that he's called a credit card oh my when God. it's just made up. Well, are, are you going to do this? Just made up. We'll end the show now. We're only like five minutes in. Do you know how much richer you would be if you were this persona online instead of your actual personality? <laughs> no, no, no. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Oh my God. You're like a bug zapper for mediocre whites. <laughs> Okay, well, we're, all right, we're not going to talk about Star Trek anymore. You ruined it. We can't do it. We can't talk about Star we Trek. We can't because 
this is a college football. This is a, this is a mean, a lean, mean sports podcast for sports it's, it's fans. It's time to get back to business. Wait, are we recording? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. All right. But that's how I feel, I feel the same way almost all the time. Um, fuck. All right, Spencer, are you alive? I'm good. You, I'm good. You, I'm in there. Do you promise? I actually feel bad about how hard I kicked you, but you didn't do anything. Do you promise not to do that voice? <laughs> you know, Spencer, Spencer, you. we're not even blood. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I promise this. I'm gonna time it. I'm gonna give you a good 15 minute break from it. Okay. And you know I know that if Ryan were that. making this promise, he would jump in with Love Shack as Ricky Gervais. <laughs> in 35 seconds. Yes, but like everybody it, knows like, I'm. It's basically shit. like fat. It's either Ricky Gervais or it's Fat Tom York, right? Like that's oh. Tom Yorkshire pudding. Tom- <laughs> Welcome that's to Michael Caine's buffet. Oh, thank God, we're all British. This is great, Jason. I, I want to wait. No, I want to hear Jason do a British accent. I really want. I just want to see Fat Tom York dancing, <laughs> the spasm dance. Wait, Jason, do a British accent. Oh shit! No, there's no. Yeah, um, I don't even think I want to hear what that sounds like. I think he's too like, southern. I think it's I want not with Ke- No, I want Kennesaw Cockney. You, you know how there are certain like consonants that you can't pronounce unless you learn them at a very young age. I think that's Jason in foreign accents. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't got the right parts in my mouth to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know that would be my debut album, Pablo Honeybun. Um. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm there. All right. We're starting with this. College football question. Big ass spider on the wall. College football question you're too embarrassed to ask. From Matt at Flying Lamprey. Why are Michigan men like that? Oh, man. (sighs) Spencer, as as the ranking Michigan man here, why don't you handle this? As the man with the most actual Michigan in my bloodstream, right? Both as a result of, of multiple Michigan tattoos and... I don't know. Considerable consumption of Bell's products, and that over and the that, years. And that uh, incident with Doctor Brundle and Chad Henney. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he's half Henny, half Brundle. <laughs> Brundle Henny. Um, so I think this is why Michigan men are like this. Okay, they um, and I, by Michigan men, I mean Michigan men and women. It's an equal opportunity. You know that by assessing them, you're just giving them an opening to jump in and say, this is actually why we're like this. It's a very deep joke. There are levels and they can jump in wherever they like. They'll just never have the penthouse. Okay. So that's where we're starting. So we have to, you have to look at it this way. It is a public institution, right? And it's a very good public institution. So they're always going to be a little insecure and they're going to be a little too smart for their own good, i.e. probably the part of the brain that controls massive social function, right? You're going to cut into that a little bit. There's going to be an easement, right? Like the brain has little easements it places on things, right? We allow this all the time for geniuses, right? Maybe rightfully uh, or wrongly. We go, oh, well, you know, they're brilliant. How can you expect them to wear pants, right? Or not arson. Arson's a verb. Shut up. I didn't I'll go to stop Michigan. if you put your pants back on. Right. Oh, so we've got we've got a gift of the Magi situation. That's cute. <laughs> Actually, the gift of the Magi. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's oh, and that's God. what happens when when. Well, speaking say, speaking of England, isn't arsing like? Wouldn't that mean not wearing pants? Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's deep, dude. Wow. That's deep. 
You were so that's... you were the most British amongst us the whole time. See? Yeah. So that's that's my understanding of why that plus I guess a general sort of Midwestern culture of if you're from the Midwest and you have a really good dark sense of humor, right? You go to Chicago. Like Chicago has a very mean sense of humor, right? Like when you talk about like the classic SNL duality, there are half the writers from Chicago, half the writers from New York. And those ones who went to New York were these Ivy League guys who were like sharks with lasers. And I thought that was funny. And everyone from Chicago was like, ha ha, dead body, right? Like that's, that's a Chicago thing. Uh, if you're funny and you're at Michigan, I don't know, you make like, really deep jokes about the Potsdam conference. That's been my experience online. The teapot, the teapot right. dome scandal. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like people who go, you know, I thought the onions like this dumb century was really funny, but there were some inaccuracies in the first 30 pages. <laughs> that goes way deeper into the question than you want. There's also this, um, it's a very traditional place in terms of uh, the football culture. And I always think like football culture leads football culture is indicative of, of a lot of what the school is and how those people sort of generally coalesce if there are common threads. And Michigan's the kind of place where they're like, I've been in row eight, seat 32 for 900 years. Why would I, why would I change anything? So I think that bleeds over a little bit into it as well, which has made the last decade particularly traumatic for them. Sorry about that, Michigan. It's all good now. Oh, you're fine. You, Shut up. You're fine. Put some dirt on it. Not, not like actual dirt. Yeah, you know, like uh, literary dirt. Um, hem- by, hem- Hemingway. By, by the way, put some Hemingway. By the way, on it. chew up some pages of uh, grapes of wrath. Tropic and of cancer. Rub that in like a poultice. Grind up some tropic of cancer and put it on that. By the way, seriously, lovely people who do get the joke, even if they're going to correct you on it, they will correct you on it because that is their reflex. But they're in on the joke, mostly, sometimes. Several of them. Great. Next. Um, I have an important one from Matt Ferenczyk, Matt F15. Hopefully I got that last name. Um, what is Conference USA? This is simple. Conference USA is a grease trap. It is the <laughs> It's the part of FBS where we put teams that should be in FCS, but like you can't just force a team to be in FCS. I mean, and, and even that is being um even that's not quite generous enough because if we're, if we're keeping it real, it's probably like 40 or 50 teams that should be in FCS. But Conference USA is sort of the place for the ones that don't have any kind of a collective identity to them. Like the, the MAC is like the Midwestern teams that don't matter. The Mountain West is the West Coast teams that don't matter. Conference USA, it's just teams from all over that don't matter. And I, I know if you're if you're listening, you're a if you're a podcast ain't played nobody person, and you hear me saying this, you, you know this is this is just sacrilegious, but. Um, Conference USA. It it's it's just really there. It is it is there. Yeah. You know what? You know what Conference USA is? It's um. It, it's a lot like the clearing warehouse for the rest of college football, right? Like if if stuff has just gone so far down the ladder that you're not selling it at like big lots, then you're in Conference USA, which is fine. There's some great deals down there, amazing deals. Is it a yard sale? <laughs> yeah, I think that's better. It's the <laughs> yeah, but it's a yard. It's a yard sale where it's like unclear what's prompting it. It's estate like, sale. It's, it's like an the estate contents sale. of a yard sale fell into a gulch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an estate sale where nobody died. But like a friendly <laughs> gulch. We're just sad. We just feel dead. 
<laughs> I want to get into a general question that I have like very definite answers for, which is this. It's from at Magnet Carta. So how much college football history should I know? Like, am I supposed to know how many titles Alabama has? The answer to the second part of the question comes first. Are you supposed to know how many titles Alabama has? The number of titles Alabama has, and I will give you the honest answer from years of engaging with both Alabama, Auburn, and other associated Texas foes, a, Texas A&M, Texas A&M and, and assorted frenemies of the Crimson Tide around the internet. The answer is however many the person you are talking to thinks Alabama has is the answer. Just, it costs you nothing. Just say, yeah. That's not an answer and a Michigan man could ever accept. It's like Caitlin was telling Ryan a while back. It costs you nothing to be quiet. Nothing. If they roll up and they say, hey man, Alabama's got 34 titles. You got 34? Be like, no man, I don't. It's crazy. (laughs) Alabama's got 34. Do you know who's right? Probably you. You know who's wrong? Uh, The guy who said 34. You know who's never, ever going to understand the concept of being wrong? The guy who thinks Alabama has 34 titles. Yeah, like, think of a mentally disturbed person walked up to you in a bus station and was like, hey, man, I got 12 swords, and you saw that they only had 10? You wouldn't really quibble. You might. You'd be an idiot for quibbling. (laughs) You'd be an idiot. Actually, one of of those is a scimitar. Because you know what it costs you to skate effort-free through the diseased frozen rink of this man's mind and on to saner ground by moving past that point in the argument nothing absolutely nothing and, that's how and, many titles they have in, in one of those swords uh, alabama ranked number 20 <laughs> in the ap poll and claimed the sword 40 years later that's actually, based on that's actually just a palm frond you've got there it's a sword yeah and another one of these swords notre dame beat the sword in a bowl game <laughs> that's not yeah, that's but... not a recent sword it's old yeah, that sword doesn't count. That's true. It was a platinum sword <laughs> of the highest grade and quality. Yeah, yeah. For those Bama's like the the nine year old kid who's like, no, I was wearing my my infinity. It was shoes. a beam team, beam team sword. You can't catch yeah. me because I had nine hundred thousand lives plus plus infinity. The Lego, yeah. the Bama's Lego movie, like Bama football. Think about it. Now, Magna Carta. As for how much history you should know about college football, anyway. Uh, the easy answer is you don't have to know anything. I, you don't. Sometimes it's better if you don't. I disagree. Right? I disagree. Okay. No, no. I have I have a flexible answer. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll hear your rebuttal in the moment. Yep. Okay. Yep. I don't think you have to know a lot, really, to appreciate what you're looking at. You don't, right? Like, uh, all you really have to sort of know is uh, what the team colors are, what's happening. Uh, maybe if there are a couple of jokes that are in jokes, you get those explained. That happens, right? Occasionally, Lane Kiffin will do something which is like, I don't know, pretty good, like maybe seven year back callback with a play call or something. That's that's what we're here for. But a lot of these are, are zero entry pool jokes, and a lot of it happens osmotically, right? And but if you know, if you're the type that likes to do homework, I would suggest this: learn if if you really want to to study up on your hobby. And I don't understand you weird people who want to crack books for something that's supposed to be fun and stupid. But I would suggest learning in depth the current era that you are in and the entirety of the immediate previous era. In this case, I feel like a good entry point would be going back to the start of the BCS era. So like crack that encyclopedia open at like 97, 98 
and work your way forward from there. And this way it's it's rolling, you know, whenever whenever this current system gets replaced by whatever's next, you, know, you can just kind of shuffle the BCS off into the past. Classic, classic Tennessee answer. Just start yeah. off. I was going to start off. I was going to let me finish the exact sentence I was in with. You can just shuffle that era along with past along with Tennessee's last ever national title. I would also state this, like if you want to go earlier, my answer is this. When somebody says, you know, cause like, okay, the NBA playoffs are on right now. Right. And my favorite part of the NBA period online is uh their twitter community because no matter who manages to play and no matter how good a player might be on the floor there is somebody who thinks they're absolute trash there are people out there who really do think they're like clyde drexler could wax lebron clyde drexler is incredible vin baker better than lebron yeah vin baker better than lebron ricky davis ricky davis Bring it. Trey Rollins, Ricky. better than LeBron. Right. Yeah, NBA Twitter got me into the NBA more effectively than did years of working at ESPN and Sports Illustrated. Right. And my favorite thing that they will do sometimes is when uh, old heads will uh, begin to say, yeah, and I don't know, man, Oscar Robertson and these guys in the 60s, they were incredible. Somebody begins absolutely slandering Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. <laughs> Right? The point guard with the fancy moves for the Boston Celtics. If you look at Bob Cousy, Bob Cousy looks like you trying to, to like dribble between your legs. Like the level of athleticism is so low. Even in the even get, in the eighties, like nobody they were more athletic, but nobody like looked like they were working out. They all looked like no, they, Oh, you're a young golfer. Cool. <laughs> you look like a light smoker. Good job. <laughs> You eat a lot now, of you eat a lot of grilled chicken sandwiches at Wendy's, huh? Good for you. <laughs> you eat it delights. There's a callback. Um, it's the healthy fast food. Herschel Walker was an investor. That's history. It's college football history. You're so a, you're a tall arcade manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my um my my two pieces of advice here would be one: assume everything, every stupid thing that happens, it's happened before, and it was even dumber one of the eight times that's happened mm-hmm. before because the, the sport is almost 150 years old. The second would be, I would say just go for the past decade for now. Just bite off the past decade. Like so much shit has happened in just the past decade. I'd say start there. Um, start around the year 2007. Greatest season in, in the history of the sport. So start there. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. That's a good one. I'm going to offer a gloss sort of on Holly and Jason's and it's not like don't go I don't think you should go back and try to like relearn the past. I do think you should pick out the programs that you are interested in or the ones that you intersect with most or the ones that you dislike most and you should find the weak points. Like if you are a new Pac-12 fan and you're frustrated because Washington is really good and Washington's recruiting really well and they have a good coach, you should know that they hired <laughs> Ty Willingham after he failed at Notre Dame. And he tried even less hard. Somehow, you should know that. You should you should go find all these good nuggets, these jugulars, and you should gather them up like precious yeah. throwing stones. Yeah, this is a this is a good overlay strategy. the The thing that I like about my plan is that it's adaptable to the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, as, as soon as the next era, you know, whenever the next era takes its place, then well, you'll need like the the little fledgling playoff era plus whatever comes next like keep up with what came immediately before you and you'll you'll have most of the jokes alternatively base it on social media platform and 
only confine yourself to the greatest like Twitter moments and you can be conversant from there. Yeah. Last note. I don't think you should care about anything prior to 1968 or 1969. God, no. No, I don't. And there's, I have like two real. In life or in football. I have two real critical reasons for that. Like actual reasons when somebody goes, well, I don't know. Red Grange, the greatest running back. Trash. Absolute garbage. If you put him on the field today, you know why? He didn't lift weights. The galloping ghost. Nobody lifted weights before 1969. Nobody. Everybody got faster and everybody got 20 to 30% bigger. And that's before the great corn syrup bomb of the 70s hit. And people started actually like weighing over 300 pounds on the line, right? Like that didn't really creep into college football until like the 80s and like early 90s. You didn't have 300 pounders on the line. It's not the same game. These And it's not even the same like speeds. People got faster. Additionally... Uh, a lot of those teams pre-68, uh, they're only using half the population available, especially in like yeah, the SEC, certain parts of the ACC and the Big 12 because uh, they're segregated. So that's that's off the ra- that's off the rails, too. You really shouldn't care about it. when anyone makes any kind of like absolute qualitative like, oh, Doc Blanchard and Glenn Davis of Army, the best one two running back <laughs> garbage, absolute fucking trash. And I just mean that physically. You put them next to anyone. They would be decimated on a, a on a like all things equal field, all right? Because they they didn't even eat the same amount of calories. They didn't lift weights. They're not the same species of human on the football field. They're just not. Yeah, it's like Alexander the Great. It's like weren't most of the people you were conquering like constantly having diarrhea? Are we that impressed? <laughs> it's basically like the least poopy army. <laughs> All right, congratulations! So, children's history of the world. So here's where you start. This I'm taking all of this, and this is this is your starting point. President Nixon declaring Texas national championships champions instead of Penn State in 1969. That's your starting point. Everything before that, <laughs> fuck it. That that's your entry into stupid and hate filled and. Ah, uh, in the case of Joe Paterno, talked a lot of shit about scandals and covers up, cover ups related to Watergate. Gladly that never bit him in the ass. Let's move on to the next topic. Oh, sure. (laughs) Uh, Here's a quick one from Chuck Nasty 757. If the Big Ten and SEC declared actual war on each other, um, sidebar, they did. Uh, We saw how that. Oh, wait, there's more. Sorry. There's more to the question. Sorry. Only using the players on each team. Oh, I get it now. Who would win? Uh, Well, the Big Ten has more teams. So the manpower and they have a much broader geography um but the sec the sec see you know big 10 hate big 10 fans hate it when sec fans cheer for each other during bowl games even though that doesn't happen as much as i think people want to or when some sec school starts the sec chant and what they don't realize is that that's building cohesion for potential military purposes the minute you put a michigan state unit Next to an Indiana unit, oh my God, they're just gonna fight with each other. There's no yeah. the Big Ten's gonna crumble, in it. and then Rutgers comes rolling in with its pants accidentally on backwards, and it left its gun at home, and instead it brought a big sandwich full of French fries. Jesus Christ! Who gave yeah. Rutgers a gun? Who gave Rutgers a sandwich? <laughs> R- they don't Rutgers. deserve that much. I think Rutgers is like medic or something. You can't, actually, you can't even trust them with that. They'd be like, 
They gave Rutgers a syringe. <laughs> They'd be you like, oh, we got bro. It. Hey, Johnson and Johnson is right there. You know damn well who gave Rutgers a syringe. Opens up the field. Rutgers, how did you give him five legs? Rutgers, we cured polio. What are you doing? Uh, no, no one at Rutgers is like, since they invented football in 1867, no one at Rutgers is actually like, you know, gone further in medicine than Wait, that Wait, did either, you say they right? invented football or polio? Both. Yes. They yes. invented both. Little known fact about Rutgers. Same day. Yeah. By the way, I love the Big Ten's motto. Like when they're like, SEC fans, stop just like glomming on the success of others. I'm like, the Big Ten, die alone. Die alone. My, my no friends. About all that shit is everybody's exactly the same. That's the big secret. All <laughs> college football fans are the same. Like all the all this pick and nuance stuff. You know, it's fun. It's fun, and there's some truth to it. But ninety percent of college football fans are exactly the same. Yes, I'm talking to you, Big Ten fan. Also, you do this shit during bowl season too. The minute war is declared, Maryland is like, "Hey, for five hundred bucks, we'll switch sides." <laughs> There's the Italy of college football. <laughs> Yeah, for being a bunch of AAU-affiliated universities, they haven't quite figured out yet that all of them banding together to cheer against SEC teams in bowl season is just the same as cheering for each other. Yeah. We're not so different, fucking standardized test, Brock. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) UVA is just going to go Switzerland, like in the event of the ACC. I mean, is anybody even going to know they're there? You You may hide your gold here. No questions asked. They're like they're like one of those countries that you're not really sure in World War II where they were at. Like Uruguay, <laughs> ah, West like the the Mountaineers, West Virginia, just bombing in here to try to take over everything. Like <laughs> you're not even on either. <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall doesn't believe in the extradition treaty. We either, hate so. all y'all. All right, um, let's do this one. Why do refs in different conferences call games differently? Did they adapt to style of play, or did play style adapt to refs? This is from Jordan at JMB22392. This is, I don't actually think this is a thing. I think we've all convinced ourselves this is a thing, but you can go on Twitter on any college football Saturday, patent pending John Boyce, and you can see everybody complaining about insert conference here refs. And nobody really gets it specific as to like, oh, these refs don't call anything or these refs call everything. These refs call too much passer, too much. Like the complaints are all the same. They don't know what targeting is. They don't know what holding is. How could you call a flag there? You got to throw a flag there. It's, it's exactly the same. I don't think there's any meaningful difference across conferences in how the refs actually call the games. So just from looking online, weirdly, I feel like the only conferences that, while they will certainly scream about officiating in a game, do not disparage their conference refs as a whole. I feel like you hear a lot more about ACC refs, Big 12 refs, and Pac-12 refs than either SEC or Big 10 refs. P.S. The spot was good. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, I mean, I feel like SEC refs, there's some complaining too, but Big 10 refs, I mean, it, the, they seem pretty satisfied. I mean, there's like, like nine seen, like plays per individual... game, so how bad could it be? <laughs> Yeah, you'll see individual like individual game complaints like during but what I'm saying is the complaints about the officiating from the SEC and the Big Ten seem to me to be largely game specific, whereas in the ACC, Big Twelve, and especially Pac twelve, it's a pandemic. Right. You you don't see like hashtag Big Ten refs. 
and and the SEC and the Big Twelve right. are all 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 the theories seem to be formed around like they're protecting the big boys. The SEC is protecting Bama. The Big Twelve is protecting Texas. The Pac twelve, it is kind of just like they're we all think they're terrible all the time. Protecting Oregon. Honestly, State. at this point, the Big Twelve could use. Texas could use the protection. I'm fine with Big 12 refs <laughs> doing whatever they, they uh, want to uh, nurture those little baby Longhorns out of the pen. A few years if you ago, watched- I actually broke this down, looked up the penalties per conference per game. Um, number one is the Sun Belt. Sun Belt is <laughs> extremely legalistic. Just you better watch your ass in the Sun Belt. Uh, topping the Power Five was the Big 12. Everyone out there with Big 12 ref conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. And they were. Big, the Pac-12 was pretty much tied. Um, ACC and a- SEC were pretty far down there, along with the MAC and Mountain West. Uh, the Big Ten was last with three fewer penalties per game than the flag-mad Sun Belt, and, of course, Conference USA exactly in the middle because it can never pick a side. So wait, do we posit from here that the Big 12 is still trying to protect Texas and they're just bad at it? Mm, there is a possibility of that. I maintain, by the way, the thing the Pac-12 is protecting is Amun-Ra, the god that we worship, along with the avatar of the moon goddess, Amon Ri, passing through the door, invisible to everybody, but we in the stripes. Like, yeah, like I, people go, I, I don't believe every myth ref or every ref myth, right? Like, I think the SEC, I think the SEC lets them play for the most part. They're terrified. And, I, you know, like they're terrified of making a call in a stadium and getting killed. I think that's, I mean, that's absolutely true. Sure. Refs do not want to get death threats and they get death threats. It sucks. It's stupid, but it actually happens. So I think they want to make calls as judiciously as possible. I do think big 10 refs are kind of constitutionalists. They're right. We will not intervene. Advantage Michigan state. Like if they the, could, the free market will decide. <laughs> yeah, the free... <laughs> Weird. The orphans gave up 48 <laughs> points again. Plutocrat the, you! The Big Ten ref is like um, the Watcher in the Marvel Universe. Right. Help me! I cannot. Yeah. Pac-12, although, and I don't believe, I actually do believe, like, if you want to go, what do I actually believe about, like, ref myths and conspiracy theories? I actually do believe Big 12 refs give Texas more calls. Oh, I don't sure. Think it's, yeah. I think that just happens. I mean, I, there's, there's video evidence. Like, there's stuff that's really, really hard to refute. Yeah, and I think, and I think on the whole, actually, like, unlike Texas football, hard to refute. Wow, oh, wow, yeah. Um, but I and I actually do think, like, I actually do think Pac-12 refs are completely like, I don't, I think they're undertrained. I think they're too decentralized. I don't think they have a great budget, and I think that they pull from. I think it's a distance thing. Like those guys come up from high schools, and then they work in a college system where they're traveling long distances. They're real tired. When they get to the game, they're completely overwhelmed by what they're looking at. They're generally like, they have the same amount of experience. Like if you look, they're not substantially more or less experienced than anyone else. They just make weirder calls all, all the damn time. It's all a presentation thing. I think Pac-12 refs probably do an overall fine job of officiating the game. But every no! time, but every time they turn on the goddamn <laughs> microphone, it's like, oh god, you're definitely the understudy for for Professor Harold Hill. <laughs> they make it you? so much Jesus worse. Christ. Ah <clears throat> uh, <throat> yes, uh, <laughs> we have problems right here in the city by the river. Uh, problems <laughs> is a word that rhymes with shit. It really doesn't seem that long ago that Larry Scott was like our Elon Musk. 
yeah, spoiler, this is how it's going to go for Elon Sue. So. Yeah, yeah, just tune in <laughs> Tune into uh, regular person news in about five years. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think what I was trying to get at is Larry Scott was our Elon Musk as we knew Elon Musk then, and they've both been on kind of, Larry Scott is still our Elon Musk, but for today's definition of our Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they were like, trying to turn Oregon State into a self-driving football program, so it's not going great. That would really save a lot I was going to say he's weirdly expensive, and he's definitely bleeding somebody else's blood. I I love this, though. The Pac-12 officiating gave me my favorite call of all time, which is Glasses Ref in a Cal-UVA game, who he forgets where he is, points the wrong way. He's calling when, a fucking Cal-UVA game. He Why points, did he know where he is? He points the wrong way. When he signals, like he goes like first down and they, they turn him around. But in the middle of, in the middle of the call, he forgets what the call is. And somebody's like, and you hear in the back, one of the other judges, like, I think the line just is going, holding, holding. And it's like, bye. And then the other guy's like, 78. I told you, he's like an understudy, just lying. <laughs> Disappointed. But, yeah. But, like but to be fair. If you were calling Cal UVA, nothing about that would say, oh, I should take this seriously. This Doesn't is matter. This is major implications, and if I fuck it up, there will be problems. Listen, if you're watching a Cal game, it is pretty hard to tell where the line is. <laughs> where I was going to say, like, Pac-12, where the officiating is always a game of whose line of scrimmage is it anyway? Boo. I like it. Jason, please pick another thing. Um... Quick one, Stephen Ryan Smith. How problematic is CFB? Extremely, Jesus. very. Uh, how next, high can you count? <laughs> Sandwich Somalier <laughs> at Red Dirt Sport is the handle. Why the hell is the one point safety still around? Mm, this is this a very too. vestigial sport. Uh, is the short answer. We don't really get rid of things. Um, you know, like see some see some coaching hires that happen every cycle. You know, the one-point safety is on the books because who, who would get rid of such a weird thing? It's also one of it's those like things. Of, of all the things college football has to, at the end of every year, they're like, all right, well, what do we got to fix? One-point safety is pretty far down the list. Granted, they fix other things that are far down the list to avoid, you know, the big ones. And probably dealing with the last question. But now, yeah, just- they'll get around to the one-point safety when they're done, you know, tying labor law in impenetrable knots just to go back if you're listening to this and you don't you go one point safety y'all are high no no it's real we and, are high it's real but yeah, we're but high, that that's but a good example real. the one point safety and in real. that bowl game works because ron cherry is the ref is that if that's pac-12 ref everybody's like you made that shit up go home you're crazy <laughs> yeah. old man ron cherry had the authority to handle the situation <laughs> yeah but and Spencer's breaking down the actual rule for us, folks. Let's get some learning. Yeah, because Ron, Ron Cherry, by the way, began that rule the way you should begin all weird vestigial rules. We have an unusual exist. ruling. By we have an unusual ruling on the field. It's like it's like some wild shit your doctor says to you, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is it cancer? No, but you'll be that, shocked at what it is. That was Ron Don't... Cherry for y'all ain't going to believe this shit. Yeah. It's like when your x-ray tech goes, whoa. Okay, so the the one point safety is a um, is done this way. If you are on 
If you are trying to he's run, and, and correct me if I he's, correct me if I'm wrong. Fuck it up. He's gonna fuck it up. I, oh yeah. I'm, I no 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 no. I have a. I have we a have an joke. unusual explanation. <laughs> can you guys vamp while he googles this to make sure he's not messing no, up? Can... Uh, no 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 no. I, I will not. So Holly, I will not Star mess Trek this up. is basically if like Model United Nations and Community Theater had a baby, and the baby uh, wanted to wear velour tracksuits. I feel like I see. I like all those things. Right. You wouldn't like Star Trek, though. You should skip it. Cool. Okay. This is so, so much shorter than. Spencer we'll start with Star the. Trek. We'll start with the case study on this. Okay. Whoa. Uh, Jesus. The case. The, the case study. <laughs> the last. He's, he's so out of his depth right now. Oh no no no! I'm consulting. I'm I'm reading along, <laughs> making sure with an expert who wrote this named jason kirk it is pretty funny that he's wearing a florida t-shirt talking about the fewest amount of points you can score at one time i hate you so much (laughs) why'd you just shout my name i i assume he has i assume he has chris barnstable brown like in an earpiece right now telling him what to say (laughs) because i'm not gonna get this wrong because man i could okay so 2013 fiesta bowl kansas state v oregon okay um, I am reading this, by the way, and and hopping along with Jason Kirk, college football expert who wrote this. Kansas State v. Oregon sounds like an agricultural feud that got to the Supreme Court. It does. <laughs> Kansas State Which won. Which would have been way more Kansas exciting State than this totally actual won. game. Except for this. Now the game was Soybeans so, should be allowed to vote. <laughs> so, Kansas State blocked an Oregon extra point, right? It's, right. A, one point, it's a one point play. Right. And then attempted to run it back. The player who was attempting to run it back was not fast, nor wily, or smart, and he was eventually tackled in the end zone. All right, which end zone? In the or in the uh, the end zone. zone, The end zone into which Oregon was kicking. Yeah, the kicking toward the the one you are kicking toward. Just trying to keep it visual. The other team's end zone. So that resulted. Normally, in two points, right? If somebody's tackled in the end zone. Incorrect. This is a conversion attempt. So if you're tackled in the other end zone on a conversion attempt, it is a one-point play. And Ron Cherry Ron Cherry hammered it with, we have an unusual ruling. Like he warned people, like, y'all, I'm, I'm about, to do something, about to do something you might not be comfortable with, but we're all going to get through it together. That he said it, he said is it the like, one-point safety. We're going to play a new song. <laughs> I feel like he was couching in advance against the notion that everyone was going to think he was making this up. He was. And he did a great yeah. job. Yeah. No, he did. He did. Like, like Instead of saying, like, I swear I didn't fuck this up after the fact, he leads with, this is going to sound like I fucked this up, but I promise you in advance, dear listener, I did not. This is some wild shit and it's not my fault. Yes, yeah, that. no, that's it. That's me. That's basically it. That's a lot like if you have a patient die on the table, but not because of anything the doctor did, right. but because like a giant mythical condor swooped in through the window and took condor him away. Right. Well, to go back, it's how the military had to explain how Brent Spiner died in the events of Independence Day when they went to find his family. Be like, well, um, there was an accident. We had an unusual ruling. <laughs> No, oh, man, Brett Spiner is still alive in the second Independence Day. That's not canon. All right. Now, by wow. the way, this rule is so rare. How many of them have ever happened? Like three? Something like that. It's not many more than that. If you don't have the answer to this, I swear to God. Two. Two. 
the one in 2013 mm-hmm. and Kansas State, uh, Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. And um, the other one was in 2004 with Texas A&M and I believe it was the other team. Has that ever happened to that the was, Oh, it Texas A&M, Texas. Now, do, you the, do you want the fun facts? Yes. Was it was the same announcer on both? I believe it was Todd Blackledge. Brad Nessler is Nessler. Brad Nessler. Okay. Has it ever happened in the NFL? I, I do not so. know. Also, it doesn't matter because the NFL would ban it the minute it happened. Yeah, yes, they don't. They can't handle unusual rulings. One point safety. That's going to alien. I mean, it is the rule exists in the NFL, right? It's just never happened. That disrespects the troops. A one. It's like a middle finger sticking up. Can't have that. Rashawn Golden says hello. All right. Um, I have a question. Great. Ready to go? If this is about Star Trek, I swear to Christ. No, no, no. This is another one. This is this is. Um, we're we're going to vary it up. That was a very technical question. This is also a technical question, but in a different department. Any. This is from Dennis Petey. Hold on, Holly. I have a new thing I want you to say when people ask if you've watched Star Trek. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't actually come up a lot. Uh, it just just go with it here, okay? Say, okay. oh, the Scott Bakula show. What is? I know who Scott Bakula is, but what do I mean by that? It, so you're technically right. There is a Scott Bakula Star Trek show, but it will make people crazy. Ooh, okay. Because so. that's like the that's like the bootleg Star Trek show, right? I think so. I think it's the one that they were like, ah, we got to make this, or we lose the rights. <laughs> Who do we get? Get me back. Get me back. Is he going to do his New Orleans accent? Probably. Ah, so it's an erotic Star Trek show. <laughs> it actually is funny because all the other like Star Trek series have like big classical themes, right? Like, and like, you know, driving sci-fi kind of, you know, soundtracky music. And the Star Trek Enterprise show in their first season had this like Bob Seger, like, it's been a long road. <laughs> and we're in space. <laughs> Like, like so much so that you're like is scott bacula actually singing this right now and he was in character all right ask your question i feel like anyone who is listening to this who is actually like a big time star wars fan is just like pulling their teeth out with their bare wars. hands you called it star wars did i say star wars yeah <laughs> that poor person that i was trying to empathize with you just antagonize. Jason, are you me tonight? You called the Star Trek uh, nerd Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to. So that poor person I was trying to reach out to with the force, that's a Star Trek term. <laughs> that poor person, I just drove them further into their misery. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done this last week to release it on Star Trek Day. <laughs> Harry Potter. That, that was He's... May the 1st, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, easily, easily, easily my favorite communist Star Wars character. Um, this is this is a this is one that um, this is slightly current actually. Um, I'm gonna do I'm gonna go switch it up. This is from Spencer Willems. Um, it's your burner account. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the superior Spencer. He's a Mizzou grad, so he knows he's well trained. Well, you're a Medill grad. I'm a Medill grad, so we are at Contretemps, are we not? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Um, at least he didn't do it in the British accent. 
You didn't see the face he made. Oh, it's been more than 15 minutes. I am free and clear to deploy <laughs> oh, that whenever shit. I oh, want. Shit. I it's still unlocked. want to hear Jason do any accent. I'm going to wait. I will read my next one in a um, the first British accent that comes to mind. Okay. No, here's but, the thing. Jason Jason can't do any accent outside the state of Georgia. However, he can do every single Georgia accent by county. If you're like, Camden County, go. I, I want to hear what those vowels look like when you put them in the microwave. <laughs> Y'all want to oh. hear Butts County? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Portugal, technically a county in Georgia. That's amazing. It might be <laughs> shit, man. We got so many counties. I swear to God, like once a year, I'm like, that's not real. And yeah, is. no, there's a, there's a Tolliver and a Talia Farrow. All right, ask your question. My question is from Spencer Willems: Why is Lee Corso still on game day? He'll be on there uh, until he drops. That's the answer. He'll be on there until he cannot do the show anymore, and that is largely a matter of how much his coworkers like. This is a very serious answer. From everything I know, uh, Lee Corso will, in one form or another, you know, they've, they've scaled back his role as he's capable of a little less with age and and, and everything that comes with it. Um, they'll keep him on there as long as they can and in whatever role they can. So he's going to be on there until he is incapable of doing a role there because everyone who works with him loves him that much. And they have to because sentiment has not historically been a big, huge part of this network's uh, decision-making process. So, you know, it has to be, it has to be not only a large volume of affection, but one with many sources. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just one person keeping him on that show. No. Cause I don't think any one person, no matter who it was, could keep anyone else on that show. They, yeah. They'd also, there. they'd also have to, if they took Corso off the show, they'd pretty much have to get rid of at least for a while the whole put the mascots head on thing, right? Yeah, no, they lose they they lose their um And that's their capper. That like yeah, how they do lose you the, they lose the, if you don't do that. They lose the climax of the show, right? Yeah. They lose like Yeah. So, I mean, until he can't do that, they'll keep him on the show. That is the that is the actual answer for why he is still on game day. And by that we mean wear a hat. So But a big hat. I mean, he can probably wear a hat for a long, long time. Yeah. All right. So we're good. John, Dad will never leave us. John Cheadle at J. Che one two three. Will Jimbo Fisher actually be good at A and M? So we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna circle all the he, way back. He better be. Jason Jason said that ninety five percent of college football fans are all the same. Jason is right. In one way, the applicable way here, it's that. Everybody has the same stupid expectations. All of us come into every season, especially if you root for a Power 5 team. If you root for a group of 5 team, it's probably a little different. But let's just say we're just talking about Power 5s and maybe a couple year-to-year group of 5s. All have the same expectations, if not this year, within the next 5. And that is that your team will make the college football playoff, play for a national championship, and hopefully win a national championship. Right? Is there any fan base that we can say with confidence that that is not the five-year expectation for their program? That's it. That no, it's that within just that, that category. Texas A&M, the layaway plan that they put those hopes on is just a little bit more expensive. But but that's where we're all at. So it will Jimbo Fisher actually be good? It depends. If your expectation is play for a national championship and win it. Chances are not great, and that's not because of Jimbo Fisher, and that's not because of A&M. It's because this is a huge fucking sport, 
And hardly anybody gets to play for it. If you compare it to any of the pro sports, if you compare it to the other major college sports, the ratio of teams vying for a national championship and teams that actually get the opportunity to play for one in the playoff structure, it's crazy out of balance. Like half the NBA makes the playoffs. Most of them aren't going to make it there. Almost 70 college basketball teams make the tournament. They know most of them aren't going to make even the Sweet 16. But they all have, technically, a mathematical chance to get there. Most college football teams, not going to happen. Some of those Penn State teams that may have had what we may look back and say, that was the greatest player, Saquon Barkley, in Penn State history. They may look back and say, Mike Kosicki, one of the greatest tight ends. You know, we can, we can go down the list here. And they, we just may say they didn't get a chance to play for a national championship. That's just how the system works. Any other any yeah, other even, system of this, it would have they would have had a chance to play, right? And you know you can have a look at pick a team, you know look at blank. You can have it, it takes so much more beyond having the best team playing at the top of their game. There are so many other things that happen to each team that are completely and totally the fuck out of your control every single season. It takes so much luck on top of so much preparation on top of so much execution, all of it riding on the backs of a bunch of very young athletes. And it's there's a reason people say it's hard to go undefeated and it's not coach speak. It's because so much of what has to bounce your way is never going to be in your control. Yeah. Let, let me also put you in context here. Since 1999, how many double-digit win seasons has Texas A&M had under various management with multiple circumstances and and two different conferences since 1999, how many double-digit win seasons have they had? Kevin Sumlin had one. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, 2012, they had 11. That's it. So your your goal, you know, if your realistic goal in light of everything everything presented here is if you're AM, you're in a very hard division. You know, say you win eight or nine games a year and every five years or so you win a really big bowl. That's pretty good, right? You you could probably stick around as a coach for a long time pulling off that kind of record. No, you're fired. Nope. Get your ass out. It's just impossible. And that's why we're all crazy, because this is the cycle we all go through. Every hire that's made, every rebuild that happens, it's all with that shiny, shimmering ring that we're all trying to grab. And it's just. The mathematics of it do not work out. Not even slightly. Sorry. So no, Jimbo Fisher's going to suck at A&M and you're going to regret hiring him. I mean, the, the bet... He is going to remain the richest man in history named <laughs> yeah, Jimbo. But again, but again, remember, he didn't take the job for the money. That's a thing that he actually said. God, he's a great he's a great liar. I'll say Jimbo yeah, Fisher, top-notch liar. You know, who don't, you, you know who don't care about that record, though? <laughs> in the grand scheme of things because <laughs> the money's guaranteed Jimbo Fisher I thought you were going to say Judge Mail. Bank of America Judge Mail doesn't Bank care of America he's dead National and Champion yeah that's it also by the way a little detail there um, Texas A&M doesn't stand a chance unless Jimbo Fisher pretty much puts a fence around Houston if he doesn't recruit well out of Houston and they don't do what uh, what what like the mythical like A&M it's always like man they gotta get Houston after that you know get a little bit and you're good <laughs> No, no one's ever done that. I think they should try putting a fence around Tuscaloosa. Just see if you can, like, him in Bama's bus, you know? Damn it, we can't recruit. 
Have like we, if Bama if Bama never leaves campus, you're you're hey, that's a W right there. Even doing <laughs> Jimbo, the right hey Jimbo's out there in a tree stand with a gun. You probably don't want to go down the road. Just saying, Jimbo's, Jimbo's too Nick fancy Saban. to get in a tree stand. <laughs> he doesn't get out of the like ATV, right? He doesn't get out of a little like bobcat. Jimbo's got hired help to hire help to get in a tree stand. Like <laughs> Jim, Jimbo's shooters have shooters have shooters. All right, let's 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 switch things. Let's switch pain directions. This is from Kevin Saber Jr. at Naive Berserk. Would Texas still have lost even if Colt didn't get hurt? Um, I want to start with a fact that has nothing to do with anything. Do you know who did the national anthem at this national championship game? Pitbull. Incorrect. Um, we're talking 2011. This is 2000, the 2010 game. 2010. Oh man. Um, played in the Rose Bowl. In the Rose Bowl. I'm trying to remember because it's like I have it. Oh god. No, go ahead. Uh, it, it's a pairing. Josh Groban and Flea <laughs> and Flea. What the fuck? Yep. What in the uh, hell? Flea played trumpet, right? I was going to say, Flea doing what? I don't know. It Flea, was Flea. Weirdly nope. playing I, a selection of Yo-Yo Ma. It was, it was Flea on trumpet. I remember this. That, if you Wait, say I so. thought you were joking. No, no, no. He's, he's an accomplished trumpet player. Also, also they, had Audre, they had Audrey McDonald perform America the Beautiful beforehand, which fucking assholes. Let her sing the national anthem. <laughs> Fuck Josh Groban. Um, Josh Groban has got jokes and is a Michigan man. He he means he he can tell the jokes and then he'll explain them with diagrams afterwards. Love him. Um, I have a question. It's uh, at Michael J. Alton. We're not even going to answer it, you asshole. No, what? You, what? You want to actually answer that one? You presented, you presented a, 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 uh, an My alternate reality in which go. the tide lose and Spencer just couldn't even comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Just exactly. Right no, I mean, I, I think that's the answer. What? You want us to say that they beat Alabama? Hell no. How is that supposed to comfort you now? No. No. No, you're not. No. It's not happening. What happens if he says yes? Do you feel better? Yeah. St. Feelings yeah, ball. Either way, Josh Groban and Flea did the national anthem. And you didn't say we yeah. would Mac that. Brown still be there with two titles? God. No. Oh God, you're gonna have to spray it through the head of his balls. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, Holly. Well, oh God. I've learned how to spore, so Mac Mac out here that leaving was the most upsetting thing. <laughs> Mac leaving clothes. a late game at BYU to catch a flight, but he's the coach. That would have still happened. That's still canon. I got a brunch reservation. <laughs> I think everybody, everybody, I got to go. I think Dwayne Aquina has this locked up. He's a good coach. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you win. That's how silly I find this question. You No, Colt gets hurt in the next play. You're like, what if he doesn't get hurt in that play? He gets hurt on the next one. Or something worse happens. Yeah, or worse. Like he plays so for the Browns. Plays on good. I kind of like that answer. Like, it, yeah, that that sort of resolves it nicely. He would have gotten hurt at some point. Hey, Colt McCoy was already hurt going into that game. You think some? This is my favorite thing people do at the end of a season. They're like, "Well, he got hurt in that game." No, no, they're all hurt by the time it, by the time the season adds up. If somebody leaves a game, they're like, "Well, you know, he got injured." This is a game where Dennis Dixon played on an AC a torn ACL. And then tore it the next game, right? He didn't actually tear it 
Oregon's like beautiful quarterback who this game struck down because it takes the most beautiful players and mangles them with contact. Uh, Dennis Dixon tore his ACL at least the game before, before he ever got in. So people are like, man, Colt wasn't hurt. Colt was hurt going into that game. Also, Colt McCoy was 36. I feel like we can talk about that now. That's true. That's true. Case was the youngin' in the family. Case was only like 34 when he played at Texas. All right. Sorry. You had another one you wanted to talk about. I did. I did. And it's, I think it's a real simple one. This is like an X's and O's one you can explain over the radio. And who doesn't love that? X's and O's explained over a speaker. Quackcast is a visual medium. This is, um, this is from at Michael J. Altman, uh, who's in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide. How does the triple option work? So, Holly, the other thing about Star Trek is that um, the suits that they wear... <laughs> You would you inevitably are going to ask the question like how do you poop in that because it's they're kind of like Actually, wearing formal wetsuits the whole suit. time. Actually, my question was it's a tracksuit, but it's not like a full zip or quarter zip even. It does. Where's I mean, zipper? it's hard to tell. Maybe I think like some of here's here's the fucked up thing. For if memory serves, what the men wear is sort of a separate pants top situation, but the women okay. it's all like a big one thing, and it's like yo, ladies got a space poop too. Oh, rompers are in right now, though. We're used to that bullshit of having to strip to the waist in, like, public bathrooms. Here's the other great thing about Star Trek. So they're in space, right? And you're like, oh, my God. Space, oh, sp- wait, 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 wait. Back up. Space has everything. Do you know that half the fucking episodes take place on this bullshit called the holodeck, which is, again, community theater? They're just like, let's be Sherlock Holmes today. Motherfucker, you don't have real work to do? Sorry. Spencer, go ahead. So, he hasn't been Googling. He's just sitting here seething. I'm just waiting. You started this. This is an easy explanation. Okay. Because the triple option, no matter how you're doing it, right? You're basically trying to get two people, right, on offense, one with the ball, and one who could potentially get the ball on one guy. That's all you're doing. That's really all you're doing, right? You're basically starting with a middle run. Usually, right? I can give it to this guy who's going to run right up the middle. That means the guy in the middle has to pretend to tackle him, right? Or at least pay attention to him. And then if everybody blocks the person they're supposed to, right? With my five linemen and my four down defensive linemen, right? I should end up in a situation where if everyone blocks it, no matter what my formation is, I should end up with a two-on-one situation where I either keep the ball fake it, and then try to keep, or I pitch. And if I pitch, it should be to a really fast guy who's going to get around the corner and score a touchdown. That's it. You're just trying to get people to make the right tackle and play the assignment that they are given. So that's the triple, op- if the, I- the triple option is all of the home, uh, the traps rather that Kevin McAllister sets up in home alone. They're very much, they're precision based. They're based on you'll be here at a certain time. And then this thing will happen and it will hit you right in the nuts and you'll burn your hand, et cetera, et cetera. And when it works, it's really fucking fun to watch because nobody, you know, people just aren't where they need to be. You get big plays out of it. And it's very, there's this imbalance that's fun to it in the same way that Kevin McAllister destroying the wet bandits is fun because it's like, Hey, you're not even throwing the ball. You're making us look very stupid. The problem comes because 
lots of college football defenses can do the thing that the Wet Bandits didn't, which is just throw a Molotov cocktail into the house and burn it down with the child inside. For once, how is your metaphor more elaborate than mine? I don't know. I'm pretty tired. That never happens, man. Sorry. I mean, you're right, but that never happens. I bet Will Greer throws a hell of a Molotov cocktail. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.